Hello everyone and welcome to This Is Your Teaching Life, a podcast about ordinary teachers and their not-so-ordinary jobs. Join co-hosts Josh Simpson and Steve Crow as they explore the journey and experiences of everyday teachers, coaches and educators. Discover tips, tricks and advice as you listen to stories from everyday people who dedicate their lives to one of the world's most intricate, challenging and rewarding jobs, teaching. This is Your Teaching Life. Jamie Penny, welcome to the This Is Your Teaching Life podcast. How are you going today? I'm good. I'm nervous but excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming in. We might as well go to it. We, we have like a bit of a, a, bit of a connection and yeah. we're, we're stoked to have you down, obviously, but uh, your mum was a big inspiration for both Josh, myself, and even you, and which myself. we'll touch on as well. <laughs> and uh, Hopefully this will, oh, no doubt we'll hear lots about your teaching journey as well. Yeah. And it could also be a bit of added inspiration for um, this teacher in question to come on as well <laughs> exactly and I will motivate her to get on but yeah no um yeah mum's been a big inspiration so I'm glad that she's inspired you guys as well so it's good yeah, yeah. absolutely she's been huge and she? she's she amazing been. but this isn't about her no, no, it's about her no. Already. let's get back to you exactly <laughs> well for the listeners um who are you Jamie Penny or Miss Penny yeah um yeah so I'm Jamie I am 25 I am a teacher at a local primary school and I just did the big jump from prep to grade six so um yeah it's been a tough start to the year but we're getting there it's starting to all settle in but um yeah i'm pretty much just your run-of-the-mill fourth year teacher it's my yeah it's my fourth year um out of uni and i love it and it's hard sometimes but yeah no it's been really good so unreal yeah, yeah so we're really interested to speak to um, teachers from other schools obviously mm. but particularly early year teachers so um yeah can't wait to dive into all that so yeah um, but before we do though tell us about you as a, a youngster um you know primary schools or what sort of schools did you go to yeah um, any outstanding childhood achievements mm. sporting well, obviously you, you know yeah. we know you're a bit of a, a sporting <laughs> gun as well so <laughs> yeah so i've got a few hobbies that i've probably obviously done when i was younger um i do play a lot of netball so that's been a pretty big part of my childhood um i still play it now so obviously i haven't um lost the bug yet which i guess is a good thing um, although it does assume a lot of my Saturdays um, and I also do a lot of performing arts um, and singing and kind of drama kind of stuff as well so um, I do like to wear a lot of hats outside of school but it, it really helps when I am at school because I've got all those different experiences that I can kind of um, use and help in the school community and stuff like that but um, yeah so when I was in primary school I went to Tyre Primary just kind of down the road and then over to Flinders in high school um, but yeah, I was, I guess, school captain in grade six. Very special. <laughs> so many teachers that have that yeah. kind of thing, but yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I wasn't it. super interested in um, in high school. Like, I never applied for a prefect or um, a captain of any sort. I kind of felt like I rode that wave in primary school, and I thought yeah. I'd leave that as my legacy and just yeah. cruise through secondary. But um, yeah, no, we didn't have many jobs to do. It was just more of a, a title, but I felt very privileged and... Mum was very proud. <laughs> yeah, of course. And like with the, the drama and the sport, like does that take up um, you know, heaps of time of teaching? How do you kind of juggle that, that nowadays? Yeah, so um, obviously sport, not so much. I mean, being in grade six now, I get to do a lot more with that sport kind of background, which is awesome. Um, and performing arts, we did a production. We do a production every two years. So we did one two years ago, um, which was my first one I was a part of. And so I kind of help uh, with a team of four of us kind of run... 
um, the production. So we did Sue School two years ago um, and we're doing Annie this year. So we literally just jumped into the um, start of rehearsals for that. So that's pretty exciting. But it does take up a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but it, you love it. So you kind of you, you do it because you know the kids get so much out of it. So I like yeah. being able to kind of what I loved at school, bringing back to those kids. So yeah, it's, it's mm. pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, sound sound very very busy. And were you this busy in high school? Because a question we ask is how people went with their enter score. So mm. I'm wondering if you took on all these different roles back in year twelve. Were you really organised with your school, and how did you go at the end of year twelve? Yeah, so I did do a lot um, across schooling. So obviously, yeah, played netball after school and played played a pretty high level up until about year eleven. Um, year twelve, I did kind of let it slide a little bit, yeah. um, but I did my high school year 12 production I was a lead role in that um a lot of that sporting stuff I was still really involved in um I did I do love school but I did a lot of those subjects um like drama um yeah music performance so a lot of those um musical subjects which is interesting because then I went and did a sport and outdoor rec degree um, at uni but yeah no my end score didn't suffer too much I got like a 76.5 um but I did cry when I got it I was devastated um, because it was just short of the um, number I needed to get to get into the double degree that I wanted to do. Um, somehow, I still got into the course, though. I don't yeah, actually, yeah. I still to this date don't know how that actually happened. But I'm very thankful because I met a lot of amazing people through uni, and I I do uni again in a heartbeat. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. So is that a BSOR degree at yeah. Monash? Because yeah. we've travelled a very similar path. So I went to mm. high school at Flinders and mm-hmm. obviously BSOR as well. But yeah, how'd you find that degree? Did you loved love it. it. Yeah. Loved it. It was quite funny though. I mean, I studied primary, which is obviously not super linked to sport and outdoor rec. Yeah. Um, obviously <laughs> secondary, you kind of get that little bit more of a link or you can teach it explicitly. But um, particularly going straight into teaching into the junior school, I was kind of like, don't really know how I can use this here. Um, But I tell you what, the experiences, I mean, as you'd know, like the camps and things like that and the connections you make with people are just phenomenal. And, um, yeah, I've made some of my best friends out of uni. And, yeah, as I said, go back in a heartbeat. I loved it. So, um, But I think they did cut the primary sport and outdoor rec degree the year after I finished it because I think they started to realise there wasn't really a connection (laughs) there. So, um, But, no, I'm very thankful that I was able to get into that course and then, Yeah. yeah. Um, continue on in that and yeah I loved it it was mm-hmm. really good but yeah similar yeah. <laughs> yeah and back to like your high school or even in uni were there any like um, people that sort of influenced your yeah. life teaching wise yeah um, so yeah there were a lot um, obviously I don't I don't think you become a teacher unless you have those great role models um, and obviously mum being a teacher I was exposed to a lot of teachers and I was exposed to a lot of different school environments across her years of teaching so um I do have a lot of people that really did inspire me to become a teacher but um yeah there were a few in primary school like um Miss Morgan I had her twice she was awesome she was just really fun and just made you know made everything really enjoyable which is what you need and when you're in primary school particularly um and Mr Slater as well who was my grade six teacher and yeah just absolutely loved him um and then yeah in high school obviously it's a bit different you kind of have to be a bit more self-motivated and I guess I don't know the teachers are there to teach and it's a bit different to primary school but I had some amazing teachers that made some really great connections over the years particularly in those like music drama subjects where they were quite small groups um you did really lean on your teachers and yeah they really supported us through that time and yeah I thank them every day and they really they really did inspire me to become a teacher so I think I knew the whole time that that was what I was going to do but yeah how did you know? How did I know yeah, I wanted to be a teacher? Was there a moment or? Uh, it's 
that that was yeah I, I don't know that there was a moment I think it was just the amount of time I'd spent in schools and that sounds silly because I was in school but um, every like curriculum day that I had I went to school with mum or um, yeah holidays I'd be helping mum with laminating and just those random school <laughs> mundane tasks I know fun stuff. Thanks, all the fun yeah. stuff um, but I do think that yeah just even spending time with those kids I remember particularly when I was in grade six I went into mum's year six classroom when I had those days off and I just remember just loving it in there just as much as I loved my classroom. And I, I don't know, it, I think a lot of the time it was just the fact that mum was a teacher, but I, I do not see myself doing anything else. Yeah. I've thought about it multiple times. I mean, we know the pressures of teaching and we go like, okay, is there something better? Is the grass greener? Like, what else mm-hmm. could I do with this degree? Um, which is something I actually have been looking into a fair bit at the moment, just to get my options, to see what is out there. Um, but I don't know that I can let it go. I really <laughs> don't. I do love it. So... Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was a defining moment, but probably just a slow burn. Mm, um, yeah. Nothing else that really grabbed my immediate attention, I suppose. So, well, yeah. in a lot of ways, you're very lucky that you, it was so clear. I don't know. Yeah. 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 How many people we talk to that say no idea what they wanted to do and had to do this before they realised they wanted to yeah. be a teacher? So, yeah. So. No, I went literally school, school, uni, school. So yeah. I've been out of school <laughs> since I've been five. I've never left. <laughs> no, but your enthusiasm and your passion for teaching is so clear. Like, yeah. obviously, yeah, you're in the right area that you need to be. Yeah. Fantastic. It's just the day-to-day. You go, oh, some days yeah. you walk and you're like, yeah. oh, do I do this? Yeah. Why do I do it? But no, there's always those yeah. moments that you're like, oh, this is why. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Same. Uh, then you've sort of touched on how you found uni. Obviously, mm. you really enjoyed it. What about your teaching rounds? How were they and what did you learn from those? Yeah, I had a few um, differing experiences as a pre-service teacher. Um, the first couple of placements I did were at some pretty tough schools with some interesting mentor teachers. Um, and I think they taught me a lot in the way that I might be different um, as a teacher. Um, but then I was really, really lucky because in my fourth year... Um, I was put in a classroom, a prep classroom for my first four weeks and I had just the best mentor. Like, I, Rach, you are just phenomenal. Like, I still am in really good contact with her. She just taught me pretty much everything I know. Like, I really do. Um, I'm really grateful for what she has showed me. Um, so I was in a prep classroom, did the four weeks and then I was really lucky to um, actually pick up a job at that school as a teacher's aide in that same classroom. So um, I pretty much worked in a school setting throughout my entire fourth oh, year wow. of uni. Perfect. Yeah, which was amazing. Um, and it set me up so well for teaching in my first year, which I'm still so thankful for. Um, and then I had another great mentor in grade six because obviously the classroom I was in as an aide, it was a bit of a conflict to be back in there as a placement student. Mm. Might have been blurred the lines a little bit. So went up to grade six at that school and, um, yeah, another just taught me so much about, yeah, year six and um, different... Um, ways of doing things and different approaches and stuff so I was really really lucky and that fourth year like I don't know what I would have done if it was any different because it was just perfect and really did set me up Mm. in really good stead for for the first year of teaching which is always madness (laughs) (laughs) that's so interesting and we were talking about this with our last episode laughing about it how that Mm. what what your experience never happens with um, fourth year students really it's Mm. like a a four-week block and that's it so you've got that you know, what we always talk about is kind of seems like the perfect setup and you've lived that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that's really interesting. I was really lucky. And, I mean, I, I am an overachiever and, um, as you know, my mother, um, that's where I get it from. Um, but she, um, yeah, I, I did a lot of um, 
volunteer days at that school as well in my first couple of weeks because I know we did I think we did two days a week for five weeks mm-hmm. um, and I did an extra day each week yeah. um, just as volunteer because I knew that it was going to help set me up and I did have that luxury of being able to do that because um, I did before and after school care as well um, so I guess that was another school setting so yeah. I yeah as I said I really haven't left school <laughs> I've done it pretty much again since I was five so yeah i I highly recommend anyone that is in their like final years of uni or even just starting off doing teaching um, in their first or second year of uni, like trying to get into a field of education in any way. Like before and after school care was awesome for that. Um, just getting behaviour management experience really and, you know, connecting with other teachers and schools and stuff like that. But if you can volunteer, like I, I know it absolutely helped me tenfold and um, yeah, I got a job out of it and that you know, mm. his income and experience at the same time. So, yeah, perfect. Yeah, it really was perfect. So, yeah, I had a pretty, pretty lucky yeah. fourth year. <laughs> I was just about to ask you any advice for teaching students <laughs> because we're actually getting in our grade two year level, yeah. we're getting every teacher's getting two for the next oh, two wow. weeks. So, um, if, if they ever yeah, pick like, up and listen, and yeah, yeah, and one of the things that reading through their uh, what they are required to do, it's mostly observations. Mm-hmm. And we're yeah. sort of like you know trying to. You know, we talk about it all the time where you know, you've got to jump in and get in the you deep do. end or whatever, but then at the same time, you've got to be appreciative of people being willing to do that or ready to do it. And, yeah. But I suppose you're never ready, are you? And you're not. What you're talking yeah. about is a great insight. I was going to say, I remember at uni, it was like the first three years were observation and the final year <laughs> was your teach. Yep. So imagine yeah. if you get there and you, you start teaching, you're like, I can't do this. Like, and I, I think that does it. happen. Like, yeah, I, I think, and I think a lot of people, unfortunately, go through the first three years um, and then they get to their fourth year and they teach and then their mentors are either like, I'm really sorry, but you're not actually prepared for this. And, yeah. and I mean, I, I don't know how you get to that point. And it still makes, it baffles me why um, unis do it that way. Yeah. I mean, I know that me being me, again, overachiever, was always like trying to do as much as possible, was involved yeah. as, is as mm-hmm. much as possible. But um, yeah, I mean, it is, it is scary. Like, especially if you're not a confident person or you might just be a little bit, you know, nervous, anxious, like... Yeah, I totally get that it can be pretty full on, but yeah, yeah tricky. No, I think the advice you shared there is yeah, if you can get your foot in the door somewhere or doing that after school, yeah. before school, some sort of coaching, I think we spoke about in last week's episode, yeah. it's yeah, more invaluable. For sure. Uh, then what about your first interview? How'd that go? Uh, my first interview, um, it went well. Yeah. So I had my first interview at the school that I was working at and had my placements at in my fourth year. So that was my very first interview um i was asked to interview for it so i felt pretty confident that obviously it was a direction that they wanted me to head in as well so i was like sweet um knew the panel so felt really comfortable and it probably isn't a normal um interview story but you know it it did go really well um walked out of it and was like sweet got a call from another school to come in for an interview the next day was like do i do it do i not um and i was like you know what better do it like just in case who knows what happens um so yeah interviewed the next day for that other job um and that night got called and was like you got the job for that second interview and I was still waiting on that pending first interview results so I asked the principal I was like look I have got one waiting can I have 24 hours to think about it like I don't want to shotgun go yes like it's a job and then you know have to reject it or however it was going to fall um and she was like no you can't have 24 hours I was like (laughs) oh wow (laughs) oh my gosh okay Yes, I'll take it. Very excited. Um, And I did get a really good vibe um, in that interview. So I was feeling like, you know, maybe this is the right thing. 
Um, and it turns out I didn't actually get the job at the school I was oh, working at at the yeah. time. Um, I did give them a call heads up to say that I'd interviewed somewhere else and they, that I had got a job. So I, I never did know to this day if that impacted that. But um, I am so thankful that that is still where I teach now. Um, yeah. And that obviously that panel really believed in me. Um, and I did get a really good vibe from it. But it was just funny that you know, divine intervention, I suppose. Like, mm. otherwise, I feel like I probably would have been pursuing a job at, at that school. But um, the school I work at at the moment is is awesome and super close to home, and the staff there and my mentors there have been phenomenal. So, yeah, I suppose first interview went well. was very nervous, but then it didn't turn out to be the job that I got. So, yeah. yeah. No, it's all worked out in the end. It very has well, all worked it? out, yeah. That must be such a difficult position to be in as well, having to not choose, but... You're mm-hmm. really weighing up your decision making when all you want to do is really get a job you to start job. with, but then all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got to decide. Yeah. It, it really was like that. And I, I asked a lot of people, like I spoke to um, some people at the school that I was working at, and saying, you know, what should I do? Should I accept it? Should I, you know, I, I didn't really know what was right from wrong, and I didn't want to burn any bridges at any schools because I know that that can be um, a problem sometimes. Um, so I just, yeah, I really just had to trust my gut, and um, thank goodness I did trust my gut because I, I think I've landed in the right place so yeah, yeah it worked mm-hmm. out well but I know there's a lot of people that go through interview processes that you know have very different experiences and yeah you just got to keep getting yourself out there and ask like I know that I have a couple of girlfriends who really really struggled getting um, feedback so they interviewed weren't getting jobs um, didn't really know why and um, at one point one of my friends yeah followed it up was like you know can I get some feedback they're like well you didn't have you didn't have a cover letter she was like, I attached it, like, but it was a glitch on the department website. So she was getting just kicked out of the pile because oh, yeah. she yeah. didn't have a cover letter. It was something so simple. So um, just making sure you've got all that stuff really tight. You've checked it with as mil- many people as you can because just such simple things like that and um, getting feedback is so valuable from, mm. from panels to what you can work on and better for next time. Yeah. So, yeah. And so you've gone through that whole wouldn't call it an ordeal, but an experience. Yes. <laughs> an ordeal. ordeal. Well. <laughs> you had that first job. How was it? How was your first year? Yeah. Um, again, me being eager. So I had all my, and credit to my mentor at the time, she recommended that I get my key selection criteria and stuff all done pretty much by mid-term three. So I had that all tight, ready to go by mid-term three. Um, and I actually did interview and get my job. I think it was either the end of term three or the very very start of term four so um that's something i do suggest is like if you can get those key selection criteria done as soon as possible because jobs come out and you don't want to be kind of down the end of december going you know i'll apply for some jobs now and it's a big competition because everyone's got the same idea at that point like oh hang on yeah, next yeah. year's rolling around i better get out there and in um yeah kind of put my foot in for some jobs but um, yeah, she recommended that I did that, which was amazing. So I actually knew that I had my job by midterm four. So I jumped in and did a PD at my new school about halfway through term four. Um, and that was probably the scariest day. That was scarier than day one. Just walking into a whole staff of people I didn't know, kind of um, my mentor who was going to be uh, my mentor in my first year wasn't there that day. So I didn't even have that person to kind of go to. So I just kind of sat there by myself and people were lovely, but it was very awkward. Um, but yeah, that first day was, yeah, wow. I think it was just a blur, really, and I'm sure a lot of people say that, but we sort of, I think we got to, yeah, I got to 3.15, and I was like, okay, all right, now what? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. 
Um, but no, it, it went pretty well considering I had a beautiful grade one class to start off with. So I was very lucky and a very supportive team. Um, another new teacher to the school, but her fourth year teaching that was in my year one team that was such a great person to lean on to. She was a wealth of knowledge and understood where I was coming from because it was only her third year. So um, yeah, I had a lot of great supports. But yeah, that first year was, well, that first day of that first year was, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Learning curve. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Different to anything you'll ever do, but yeah, it's once it's done, although it does feel like it's the same thing every year, you know, that first yeah, day yeah, of first every year with a new class yeah. and a new team, and but mm. yeah, you get used to it, I think, a bit more after a couple of years, but yeah. it never gets easier. <laughs> <laughs> and then jump into your role now, so you're teaching year yeah. six now. I mean, the first thing I'm interested in, how's the jump been from going from prep to year six? Yeah, so yeah, I've we were being told, um, you know, where we're all going to be placed for the for the next year, and um, we'd been told it was going to be between recess and lunch on a particular day. And before recess, one of our um, principal team came down and was like, "Oh, I'm just going to take your class. Um, you know, your principal wants to see you." And I was like, "Okay, like, oh my gosh, what's happening? I'm either being let go or..." <laughs> Oh my goodness. And she's pulled me down. She's like, look, um, I want you to move to year six. I was like, mm, sorry, because I was in foundation at that point prep. And she's thinking, are you sure? Like, I'm more than happy to do it. And like, it was on my preference sheet. So I, I'd had it in my head for some time, but I do love the juniors. I was like, are you confident this is the right move? Um, but yeah, I mean, bottom line is you got to go where you got to go. So um, yeah, I was pretty yeah I was pretty nervous um pretty nervous for the rest of that term and leading up to um the start of the year I knew that there would be a lot of a lot of easier parts of going to the senior school but a lot of other challenges as well um I mean prep is full-on all day every day you'd never stop but um I knew there'd be other demands being up in the senior school but um term one has been a learning curve I have definitely been finding my feet and I still am with some things like even just the technology and things like that I mean mm. the iPad program how do you split a screen on an iPad I don't know like <laughs> and I'm pretty good with technology I'd like to think but it did take a lot of um a lot of adjusting but as I said to the kids I mean they'd had a pretty tough year last year obviously um and they were a bit of a tougher cohort um so we were prepared for what we kind of needed to build those relationships with them and that's something that I do pride myself on I think I do really well which has I think helped me to this point because we yeah. have started term two really nicely and we're getting settled in and stuff like that but um, I said to the kids I was like you know you have something to prove and so do I like you know I've come from prep to year six and people might be thinking you know she's a junior school teacher she's probably not going to you know nail it up here and I said to them that it was their final year of school you know we've both got something to prove so um, we're still working on that but hopefully yeah. by the end of the year they'll you know we'll They'll walk away and I'll walk away going, yeah, we did what we could do yeah. with the year. So, yeah, it's week one of term two now and there's still things that I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> we're getting there. Yeah. Even that, like, you know, it's obviously a challenge and just listening to you speak and you're so open about them being challenged, but you seem very comfortable in yourself as a teacher. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like from the story that you've told so far that a lot of that may come from the experience that you've had coming through so I'd say so and, and yeah I was just thinking of some other teachers you know in general might not have that and feel you know that big jump might not be able to cope as well mm. because of how 
not having the same mentorship or yeah. you know, people yeah. around you to support you and stuff. So it's yeah, it's yeah. nice to hear actually. And the mentorship is such a big thing too. Like having those people that you can kind of lean on and go, you know, I need a bit of help with this, or mm. you know, what does this look like up here? And I'm really lucky that I'm at a school that there are a lot of really um, experienced teachers, but also a lot of just great you know mentors around the school young and old and everything in between so yeah I've been really lucky that I have and I'm, I'm one to ask questions if I don't know like I'm gonna ask I'm not gonna yeah. bumble my way through it I'd rather just know and and learn and so that I can be the best that I can be and then the kids can learn the best mm. that they can so yeah it's all the big yeah. working cogs I suppose yeah definitely and yeah you, you mentioned you're good at building relationships do you think that's just your personality or do you have like a strategy or games that you go to to try and do that yeah not probably a strategy. I mean, I suppose my youth does play a part in that. I yeah. mean, I, you know, they'll come in doing TikTok dances and I'll be like, mm, I, <laughs> I can do it better. Can't, yeah, can't fly that one past me. Um, so I suppose in that respect, like, you know, I kind of do banter with them a little bit and yeah. give them that little inch, but I'm firm but fair. That's what I always say. And I, they know my expectations and I have firm expectations too um so I suppose yeah those those relationships like I'm I'm interested in knowing what they're doing too like just letting them tell you their little story about their weekend and just knowing what they like and things like that I think it really does help in just getting Mm -hmm. to know them and then they just respect you a lot more they know you do really care um and I do really care like and I hope they know that I think they do but you know you never know they might be walking (laughs) away going oh my gosh she doesn't even listen to me when I'm telling her about this but yeah, I do try and make time for them, and yeah. I think yeah. that definitely helps, especially with the behaviour management stuff. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what TikTok is, Josh? <laughs> oh, I don't have it. I'd like to clarify. <laughs> I feel like I'm a scholar because I don't have it, and now yeah. I've just gotten to the point where I'm just never going to get it. <laughs> do we know this is your teaching off TikTok? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's no. do one. We'll do you know, one out. Last year, when I was teaching grade six, this uh, they, these girls were doing like a similar thing, TikTok dance, or whatever, and I went over and said something again. There was a comment from one of them. I can't remember the exact situation, but they said, "Oh, Mr. Crow wouldn't—he would never have TikTok. He's too old." <laughs> and it just made me think, "Wow, actually, maybe I am." Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this for now. But, I yeah. love it. Like I said, I wrote something up on the board the other day, and it was wrong. And I was like, "Oh, lol." And one of them was like, "Oh my god, she just said lol." I was yeah. like, "Yeah, like I did just." And then I was thinking, I was like. Oh, am I just talking too much like them now or do they just think I'm that old that I can't say lol and they're like you're so cool because you say lol I'm like this okay like we've taken it's gone too far now <laughs> I remember I heard too that, that um, from some PD or some expert in that field they said TikTok you know Ideally, primary school kids shouldn't be on it, but if mm. they are, then it's probably one of the better ones because kids have to show a lot of vulnerability to actually post stuff of themselves. Yeah, and, I suppose. It's not as not as fake as other stuff. So yeah. It's mm. an interesting point, but yeah. still not over 13. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, and there's only so many battles you can pick with that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Um, where are we up to? <laughs> yeah, so, Jamie, like, early in your career, mm. in the fourth year, really interested to find out um, and I'm not sure lots of people listening that are in a similar boat. What are some of the challenges or the learnings that you've had or things that maybe haven't been as you've expected or yeah, or better than expected? Um, I don't know. I feel like something that as a young teacher I assumed I needed to do and thought that it would help me be a better teacher was just buying a ton of stuff. <laughs> Like, I don't know if that was just me, <laughs> although um, a few 
um, accounts that I follow on Instagram have given me a little bit of like and peace of mind that no, it's not just me because they've kind of felt the same as they've kind of, you know, got into the couple of years of teaching. But yeah, before I started, I just was on Marketplace just buying like storage, buying tubs of stuff, buying mm. toys, but just like buying so much stuff. I would just spend like, yeah, a stupid amount of money um, and there's nothing will buy relationships like you can't that is the one thing that I, I feel like is the most important important in teaching and yeah you can't buy that mm-hmm. so that's one thing that I know that in my like now I haven't bought a single thing this year and I know year six is obviously a little bit different like in foundation um, lots of those little like you know play-based stuff I felt like was valuable but um, yeah that's one thing I've just realized and reflect on and go why did you do that oh my gosh it was such a waste of money and resources and time but um apart from that just it's okay not to know everything because I do feel like as a first year teacher particularly you kind of walk in and you you have this expectation potentially just placed on yourself just to be amazing and to take on everything and to just Mm. be everything all the time um because you might be proving yourself to get your um, contract extended you might be proving yourself to your the other people of your age at your school or whatever it might be but um yeah like you don't know everything and it's okay like there's it, it, teaching's always changing too like over the four years stuff I learned in my first year it's not even relevant now like it just, mm-hmm. just constantly moving so um that's probably something that I have learned over the four years that um yeah you just can't know everything and just time take time for yourself oh yeah <laughs> yeah you work too hard sometimes you get into a rhythm and the um, work-life balance just goes out the door but yeah <laughs> where do you reckon some of that uh, came from like that feeling that you had to buy stuff because yeah I often joke <laughs> this is Josh, yours, isn't it, like, just, I never buy stuff yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm just not creative or whatever but there is like that kind of feeling perhaps of I don't know like what, what yeah. was your experience do you think so I suppose that's kind of where I'll kind of segue into Instagram a little bit because yeah. when I was in my fourth year um one of my mentors was kind of mentioning that they were following this person on um, Instagram. I was about to say TikTok. I had it in my head, not TikTok. Um, following this teacher on Instagram, they had all these great ideas and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. So um, on my personal account, I started to follow a lot of different teachers um, from all over the globe and mostly Australian. Um, and yeah, a lot of their time on Instagram, particularly in that time frame that I had it as a fourth year student, um, I made my own then teaching account. Not so much that I could post on it, but more to have a separate Instagram account so that I could look up teaching stuff. Because yeah. there is just a wealth of knowledge out there on Instagram, and I'm such a big advocate for if you are studying teaching or a young teacher or just a teacher in general, there is just so much out there and so many brilliant educators that have Instagram teaching accounts. Um, so I was like, I'll make my own so that I can follow these people and they don't keep popping up on my personal feed because I'd get like pictures of my friends and then resources. And then, um, so that's pretty much the reason that I made it. But, um, there is a double edged sword with Instagram. As we know, it's just a highlights reel. Um, so you would have a lot of content that is just these picture perfect classrooms and they just have all these laminated beautiful resources they've got stuff hanging from the walls and I mean I know there's still classrooms that are 100% like that I don't know if you have them here but we've got some Mm -hmm. at my school Um, and in foundation I think there was a bit more pressure to have that as well Mm -hmm. like you know you want the parents to walk in and think you've given a lot of time to the space and Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think that was where that expectation came from. And looking at some of the um, stuff I saw on Instagram, I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do that with the resources we have at school, so I'm going to have to buy it myself. Um, and I did a lot of that in my fourth year um, uni and my first year of teaching. I just bought a whole heap of stuff. Now I sell it all again, but yeah, yeah. I think that's a big so There's thing. new first year teachers, yeah, you buy this? <laughs> no, well, I try not to, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's such an interesting, yeah, such an interesting point you make. Mm. And um, yeah, what, what, what do you think's made you feel like you've, you don't need that anymore? I think it, well, I think it comes with experience. I think it comes with being able to rely on the resources you do have. Um, I also started making my own resources. So, um, like, I use TBT all the time, Teachers Pay Teachers. Like, I love it. If I'm looking for something, I just type it in there and millions of things will pop up and I love it for that. Um, but then I was finding I was just buying heaps of stuff off there too because it, mm. it does make things easier for you in those moments of, oh, gosh, what am I going to do for this? Or, you know, plans change or something pops up but um I did I learned how to make my own resources and I think that has been a big money saver not so much a time saver because it does take time and I'm a perfectionist um but yeah that that has definitely played into it but I I think this year particularly being in grade six they don't need stuff like that they've got everything on their um devices and you know in in year six you're given the tools that you need to do your job but I feel like in the early years we're expected to do a lot of this play-based stuff and I, I love it I'm really passionate about it but we just didn't have what we needed to do it so mm. I think that's probably part of it too yeah and by that time I'd built up a massive bank of stuff in grade one and <laughs> yeah. prep in those first couple yeah. of years so I probably didn't have to buy as much I still had it yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. with with your Instagram you're pretty strict with yourself like when you're on your personal one when you're on the work one or do you find yourself late at night all scrolling through teaching ideas and struggle to switch off from that or got it pretty down pat no it is pretty addictive I'm not gonna lie I do try and monitor my screen time a lot more now um I suppose my personal account I'm on a lot less like I'm barely on my personal account now I'm on my teaching account a lot more and I think it's because I feel like I almost um owe it to my followers I've got like a reasonably large amount of followers for my small little self like um you know it has kind of exploded a little bit more than I anticipated but um I suppose I kind of owe it I feel like I owe it to my followers to post um and to make sure it's actually meaningful to Mm. them because i know that that's what i go on there to see i want to see stuff that i can use and do and um you know even just at the start of this week i saw this amazing resource from wingari education which is an indigenous um instagram account and they had these beautiful free resources and i was like amazing oh my gosh that's going to be perfect for anzac day coming up it was all about um aboriginal diggers and i was like what a great you know, tie into everything I'm doing. So um, I promoted that on, on my feed and then, you know, did the activity and posted it for my followers to be like, oh, you know, that that is really valuable. Yeah. I really want to do that. Um, yeah, so I suppose I want to give back what I'm receiving from it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I'm on it a lot more probably than I should be. Yeah. Um, but I do, I just love it. So I find it really engaging. I'm really interested in seeing what people are doing and people yeah. are so creative and really amazing. Yeah, it's something Crow and I've chatted about because we've both got Twitter and that sort of mm. professional accounts to look at teaching, that sort of thing. And it can be, you know, it can be on the weekend and yeah. it, it does become a struggle to switch off, I reckon, yeah. at times. Mm. That sounds like you're using it in such a healthy way, though. Mm. Like, you know, there's so much talk about, yeah, I know that it is time consuming you saying mm. that it is, but if you're, I don't think there's anything wrong with us looking at social media if it's, something you're passionate about and it's um, like a 
trying it's productive. To yeah, it's productive. Positive. And it's giving you an intrinsic motivation of like a hobby as well. Yeah. And it's not impacting on your personal life too much then. Mm. You know, what a resource, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, it has opened a few doors, like just with working with different people. Um, I mean, even you guys. I mean, you know, I, I'm just a teacher from down the road before, <laughs> you know, yeah. Instagram, I suppose. And, um, you know, and I've connected with a lot of different teachers across Victoria and, um, you know, interstate and things like that. And there are some people particularly that focus around teacher well-being and I find sometimes that is a really big gap in what we look at as teachers and we all know it's super important but it's just like when do you even fit that in like yeah. to think about your teacher well-being but there are some accounts that really focus on that and I I do really engage with them and follow them and, and watch their stuff closely because I do sometimes find yeah you are scrolling through and you're getting into a big like you know deep dark hole of Instagram and then something like that will pop up and it'll be like oh you know like that is really important mm. and even my well-being in that moment might be to get off Instagram or to go home from school um, so yeah no there's definitely positives there's negatives like everything I mean you know you can have people on there that aren't great or um, you know you might come across you know some accounts and you have different differing opinions and you know it, it's a social media um, mm. platform I mean you're going to cop that everywhere but um, yeah I do love it and I yeah, I, I'm on it quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah. highlight real part, part of what you said about Instagram, maybe well, I'm not on it at the moment purely because of the highlight reel of you know, mm-hmm. social, personalised, mm-hmm. whatever. But And going back to the classroom, I reckon that's such a big danger like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. If you're on there seeing the highlight reel of everyone's classroom, I'll tell a funny story, which I might have shared with you already and this person won't mind me saying it. But So I'm just out the window there and my grade it didn't come in at all before... Uh, the start of the year, walked into a colleague's grade who's uh, fourth or fifth year as well, male teacher, um, really good at what he does, and his classroom looked amazing. And I was joking to someone and said, could you imagine if the principal walked in on day one and said, oh, this is uh, Mr. Crow's room, he's our grade two team leader, learning <laughs> specialist, and then here's Mr. Dunk, he's been a teacher before, he's the, the instant thing could be, yeah. whoa, what's going on here? Like, that, that guy's classroom's so good. But we were talking about, like, you've got to be comfortable in your own self and what you need and what you feel comfortable with I could never decorate to save myself so I probably do need a bit more inspiration with that but um, yeah you just got to be really careful of not judging yourself on other teachers I think absolutely it's a good lesson that you've learnt yourself it is and it's interesting I mean going from the junior school up to the senior school my classroom at the start of this year looked like a blank canvas like I had not put nearly the amount of effort that I put into my junior school classrooms in up there I think it was because I knew that the kids were going to be able to make that space their own as well. They could have say, more practical say, in what that space looked like. So that was kind of something that I had to almost like readjust my brain to go, no, it's okay that your classroom doesn't look mm. like X at the start of the year. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it is a very big, um, I think it's a very big problem on Instagram and I think a lot of young teachers find that. But I do think there is a big um, new wave of, um, you know, real honest, authentic posts coming out on Instagram now across the board. Um, and I think people are really sharing their hardships and their, you know, trashed classrooms and their, yeah, yeah, you know, like just, the real just the, yeah. exactly. And I think people are really appreciative of that too, because they're going like, yes, like that is mm. me. And everyone has those moments and, you know, like posting these highlight reels and these be- beautiful filtered photos all the time isn't helpful yeah. all the time so mm. I, th- I can see that already happening which is a really good positive change so I'm going to have to get back on 
Yes. If you're mindful of the dangers of it, it's great. Yeah. 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 Um, Now, what about your strongest mentors over your journey? Yeah, I mean, I've had so many great ones. I've had some pretty average ones as well. (laughs) Um, But no, I mean, yeah, Rach in my fourth year of teaching, who was the prep teacher that I worked in the classroom with for placement and then as an aide as well, just took me under her wing. I mean, I was doing everything that I wanted to be a part of and she was teaching me everything that I wanted to know and just really took the time to give me time of day and could see I was passionate and knew I wanted to learn. So really um, allowed me to do that, which I was super lucky for. And um, Kirby, who I work with at the moment, who was my first year mentor as a first year teacher, um, just honestly, I actually, it's quite funny because she is so so rigidly organized she has checklists for everything and like that was how I was taught so I went in there and I was like amazing love to be organized because that's so me um and so I took everything that she taught me and so now when I'm in different year levels people are like oh my gosh you are so organized like what you got like a checklist for everything I was like yeah well that was the standard that I was set by my mentor and not that she would ever you know tell me that I wasn't doing good enough if I wasn't doing what she was doing but it was just quite funny because you know people you know laugh about it now and go oh yeah of course Kirby was your mentor like you know <laughs> so it taught me just you know the ins and outs of every day and just such a great um, emotional support as well during that year because it is tough especially that first year mm-hmm. um, of teaching but I've also just had some amazing people that I've worked beside particularly in my prep team we've just had such great years together and I've got you know such amazing friendships and um, family and work relationships as well with these people so I'm really lucky yeah yeah it's just yeah listening to you speak it's nice to hear a positive story about teaching like you know often there are those such negative kind of stuff out there in the media and that that sort of thing so it's yeah it's good it's refreshing to hear and what about thus far have you had an interesting story about a kid or a funny moment worth sharing I've been thinking about this I was talking to mum about it and I was like okay mum is there one that I've told you? Because I couldn't think of anything and I forgot <laughs> about this. Um, look, I had a boy in my first prep year and he was really struggling to set into the, settle into the year and he just spoke whatever came to his mind. So there were many a time that, you know, he just called it as he saw it. <laughs> um, so just a funny example was just, you know, sitting you know, up the front of the class and in the middle of a lesson and he'd be up the front with me, obviously a front row friend, um, as we like to call them. And anyway, he's hugging my leg, he's super tactile and he's like, ooh, prickly. I was like, mate, come on. You know, I was like, anyway, so in just little moments like that. And just, yeah. I probably haven't had any too massive stories yet, touch wood. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of colleagues that have had some pretty hectic stories, yeah. um, particularly in the foundation area. Um, but no, just those silly little funny moments. Yeah. I mean, I had a, a kid come up to me today actually and say, oh my gosh, um, my mum follows your Instagram and she saw you wearing that purple jumper and she went and bought it. So she wanted me to come and tell you that she saw that it was from Kmart and she went and bought it. And I just thought, oh my gosh, it's just so funny the things that they come out with. They're just so, they're just so pure or just, yeah. So no massive, you know, key turning point stories, but yeah. just, you know, those little moments, they're, they're the nuggets of gold. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure that would have been, you probably get used to them when you're teaching prep too. So. Like it I just becomes so. a part of every day. Because I can't actually think of any real key ones, but I know yeah. I'll walk yeah. out of here and later I'll be like, oh, 
Yeah. That was one really good one. But, yeah. 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 Now this next part of the podcast is for you to share like mm. um, apps and stuff you've picked up along the way. Yeah. And there's one I'm really keen to ask you about, which is Banker. But mm. yeah, what are your favorite teaching apps or programs? Yeah. So um, yeah, I'll start with Banker because I've only just started using it this year. Obviously coming from year one and prep, they're not too, um, you know, tech savvy down there. So um, when I knew I had the sixes, I was like, oh, well, I want to look into some behavior management because... I know there's lots out there, but um, I knew that this cohort would need something really tangible to run with, and I'd need something from day dot to get them really hooked and you know want to please. So um, I stumbled across Banker again, I, something I picked up from Instagram. I'd, I'd seen some other teachers using it, and um, it's pretty much a financial literacy program. So it's free for teachers, I think, in Australia and New Zealand, um, and it is pretty much an app um, or a, a website program where you can um, pretty much set kids up with their own bank accounts and you can pay into their bank accounts so you can pay them for doing specific jobs or if they're on task or whatever it might be that you want to use it for. Um, and you can also set up um, direct debits so that, for example, my kids pay for desk um, rent, oh, yeah. they pay for Wi-Fi and they pay for one other thing that I can't think of. I think it like, equates to like $250 um, a week that they pay me in their rent etc um, but then they also earn money so I have a job system they um, awesome. yeah it's, incredible, it's really it? really good yeah. um, the first term I just we rotated jobs so we had a heap of jobs and they all we sat at the start of the year and we looked at what their um, requirements were and we kind of talked about how much do you think these people should get paid knowing that this is how much we have to put out in rent blah 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 um, and so we came up with all these differing levels of payments for each different job but now I think, and I saw this again on um, well, actually a Facebook 5-6 Australian teachers page, and they use it that they get their kids to apply for jobs. So they actually do a job application um, and they have to show that they're the worthy person to be that, you know, in that profession for the week, two weeks, month, however you want to make it. Um, and other kids don't get jobs. So they've really got to work out how they can prove to you that they're worthy of having that job and having that payment each week. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of different ways you can use it and there's modules on there that teach them how to add to savings. Um, I've got kids that um, are looking at their net worth, um, you know, they're, they're wanting to invest. Um, they can do, and you can do all sorts of things. So, I don't know, as an inexperienced year six teacher, I suppose, and not knowing the, I don't know, I wouldn't say that maths is my strong point. Um, I'm definitely learning as I go at the moment, I'll be honest. And I'm, you know, I spend a lot of time on Khan Academy just refreshing, you know, my memory. Oh, that's what a prime number is, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm. But um, I, I did say to mum at the start of the year, I was like, there's one thing I want these kids to walk away with. It's life skills. Yeah. And I know that you come out of high school and you've got tax and you've got all these other things that you don't really know what to do with. You kind of bumble along and you learn as you go. But um, so just something as simple as this and having their own bank account and being able to transfer into savings and manage their money. Um, it's really interesting and they love it. They're obsessed with it. I see them on it all the time. I'm like, you can't be on Banker. We're doing this. Like they're just constantly checking and wanting to, yeah. So it's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it looks really cool because it's definitely like when I look back at my school, I don't remember learning about you know, paying rent and all that. Mm -hmm. So it's just, yeah, as you said, stuff you pick up along the way or from your yeah. parents that... Yeah, it sounds like you're really setting these kids up yeah. well now, which is great. And it's it's a competition, like, and I I have told them actually my new my latest thing is that I'm going to start scamming them. So if they recognise that I'm scamming them, if they're watching their accounts close enough, I'll give it all back to them. 
if they don't recognize that, I'm just going to keep scanning them, scanning them. So I just take out like a couple of cents and just see if they notice. Yeah. It's just, just things like that that, you know, they think is a game and they think mm. it's fun. They think it's a behavior management tool, but it is a lot more than that. And, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it, it is a really great um, resource. Um, but another thing they've been loving is um, we've been listening to a McElroy Uncovered podcast. Um, it's just on, I think it's on ABC Splash or, it, yeah, if you type it into Google, it'll pop up, but it's, it's a series of podcasts and um, the kids are just obsessed with it. So um, I downloaded some questions off TPT as well to go with it. So we make it pretty much a reading comprehension lesson, um, but they are just hooked. So yeah, we play it um, during eating time and they just, they just sit there and they're just obsessed. They're waiting to see what happens next. So it's just like reading a story aloud, but just makes it a little bit more exciting and it's yeah. quite a good story and narrative to, for them to follow along with and yeah it's pretty cool adding that to the list Josh that's <laughs> a great idea it's cool. yeah. so you having to read a book and yeah, exactly really, yeah. kind of press play and yeah, exactly. do what, all the million other things that you need mm. to do in that moment yeah. exactly and what about professional development yeah how do like a one that st- sticks out I suppose um I've done a fair few over the years. I've been very lucky at my school. We do PD pretty much every Tuesday night, or used to. Um, but I just um, took part in the first two out of four days of the Berry Street Education Model, I think, or just Berry Street um, Professional Development. And it's all about um, um, how to manage students who have been through trauma. So whatever that might look like in their lives um, and how they can present that at school and what you can do to best support their well-being. So, um, yeah, we did. I did two days of that with a colleague last term and just the tangible things we walked away with after just those two days were just, yeah, amazing. Stuff that you probably are or know you should do, um, but just making it so easy um, and really informative and, yeah, definitely one of the better PDs I've, I've been to just because you could walk away and it was stuff you could put into practice straight away um wasn't a program it wasn't this it was just you know that really tangible stuff so yeah i would definitely recommend that if you know particularly if you're at a school that has you know wants that you know well-being focus i think every school is really focusing on that well-being this year particularly after last year and yeah no it was it, it was really good i definitely recommend it no, it sounds mm. awesome. And yeah, it's so good when you do a PD and you can walk away and use it tomorrow. That's the yeah. best, I reckon. Yeah, it's not something to add to your plate. It's like, exactly. oh, I can actually embed yeah. this in what I'm doing already. Yeah. Uh, then have you read a book that's been influential on your teaching? I'm not going to lie. I don't read a lot of books. No. I know that sounds <laughs> terrible being a teacher. Um, but I do read a lot of, um, I guess, biographies and kind of like, I, want, I don't want to call them self-help books because I don't, I don't need the self-help. <laughs> but I feel like they are along those lines but um i'm sure a lot of people have read these but um teacher and dear parent by gabby strood they are just really great books and they're probably two books that you know even if i wasn't a teacher i think it's valuable for anyone to read it just gave such a clear insight into the demands that teachers have on them and the weight we carry with us just day to day and on the weekends and after school and all the things that you know you don't get paid from nine till three to do. So yeah. um, I found them really, really interesting. And I'm currently, I think, near, yeah, I'm nearly finished, Dear Parent. Um, and that's just interesting too, just seeing the, yeah, the honest and raw kind of conversations between teachers and parents and what parents might not see, you know, from the outside. So, yeah, definitely two really good books um, by a really great author. If you haven't read them, definitely check them out. 
Mm, yeah. Yeah, teacher's really well written, actually. Mm. It's very engaging. Mm. I wonder what it would be like not being a teacher and reading it because instantly the connection you make as a teacher with it. Of course. Yeah, it's so obvious, right? And then, um, yeah. yeah, I just found, like, I smashed it on the holidays Same. when I read it, uh, uh, whenever I read it. But um, I was really, like... I don't know how I had to like go for a walk and try and process it because mm-hmm. I read it so fast because it was so engaging and mm. it's just like man like it was just so sad like how pretty her, heavy her career ended and yeah mm. it made me just think you know, very fortunate for the experiences I've had yeah. I suppose so. and I suppose it's not maybe the most positive book to mm. read like I mean, once you've had a couple of years under your belt and you understand it. Yeah, (laughs) it's not. It's not. Um, Once you've had a couple of years under your belt, you kind of understand where Mm. they're coming from. But you also know you've still got that, you know, passion Mm. for it. Um, But I can, yeah, it just, it, I, I like, I welled up at one point. Like it just, it it was really moving. It was a really Mm. good book. So, yeah. Um, and what, like, you're obviously super pumped, but what, what to, to be a teacher, like, it's coming through loud and clear, and you've said yeah. a, a lot so far during this chat, but what gets you out of bed every day to get up in the morning and get into the teaching grind? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I wrote it down here, cliche, but the kids, <laughs> like it is, it's, it's, it's always been the kids. I mean, you know, today, they've had a couple of them, my grade six is knocking on my door, like, Miss Penny, Miss Penny, and I just, I just, I just had a production meeting all lunch, I just needed one minute to myself, <laughs> anyway, so I go to the door, and I'm like, okay, I was like, I just needed that one moment to myself, and I have you knocking on my door, I said, you need to understand that I've spent all lunchtime doing stuff for school, I just needed that one moment, I was like, I just need one more minute, and then I will let you in. Anyway, and so moments like that, I'm just like, oh, my God, oh, my gosh. But honestly, like, just seeing how happy they are to come to school, like, that's one of my big things this year is just I want all of them to want to come to school. Um, Not that I have many that don't, but just if they love coming, they'll want to learn. Um, And I can already see that they just enjoy themselves at school. So, you know, it, it really is just building those relationships with the students and, you know, I still have so many of my preps and new ones from over the years just run up to me at, at lunchtime and, you know, recess. And that just, it, it really does. It just fills my bucket. Like, I love that they remember me and want to see me and want to talk to me and tell me what they're doing. And, you know, and even the relationships with the parents. I mean, I've had a, couple, a lot of amazing parents and a few challenging parents as we always come across. But, yeah, like, just connecting with them. And I, I still talk to a lot of them. Um if I see them at the gate or whatever. So, yeah, it is the kids. It's all always been the kids in it. Yeah, that's going to be what will tie me to teaching yeah. until I can cut that tie because that, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what if it was your first day all over again? What would you say to yourself? Yeah. Again, just, like, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to not know everything. Um, you know, it's t- and it's tough. It's really tough, especially those first couple of weeks. Um and depending on what your situation is, if you have a really great mentor, I mean, I was really lucky to have a great mentor, but if you don't, like, it can be really, really overwhelming. Um, so, yeah, just be kind to yourself and just, again, know that you don't know everything and know that it's okay to not know everything. And, of course, do what you can to better yourself, but, you know, it can all be, it can be all-consuming. So, you know, just take care of yourself and, yeah, do what you can with the skills that you have in those in that time so yeah yeah, yeah you just got to have those positive influences and 
You really do. And if you don't, like, you've got to reach out, and that's why I suppose again, Instagram or Twitter yeah. can yeah. come in handy, I suppose. Yeah. Thank you very much um, for taking the time and coming on the podcast. I think it's been great. I love your quote of "You can't buy relationships." I think it yeah. oozes enthusiasm for teaching, which has been great. Now we didn't talk about. Your Instagram, how yeah. can people find you on there? Yeah, so I'm just at Teaching with Miss Penny. I know, groundbreaking stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, you can probably just type in Miss Penny and you'll probably find me. But yeah, um, I'm mostly on Instagram, but I don't think I've got any other platforms. Oh, and TPT as well, if you know, you're ever looking for a resource, then I might have it for some reason. <laughs> but yeah. But no, thanks for having me, guys. It's been awesome. Pleasure. Good chatting. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah, thank you.